Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, Will. Thank you so much for coming on the How To Money podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Now, before we dive in, I know you're talking all the way from Vietnam, so it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and a little bit more about Blue Tree before we get into today's questions. Yeah, perfect. So I'm actually from the UK, and so my background is I'm actually an actuary, which means I do lots of statistics on risks. So for many, many years, I um, was working, sort of doing calculations for insurance companies and pension schemes and even some government entities. So I did that for, for many, many years and then kind of moved into the investment side. So kind of helping these companies sort of set where they should put their money in terms of their investments. So I did that in the UK for just over nine years. And then I moved actually to Hong Kong. And so I spent five years doing a very similar role based in Hong Kong, but kind of covering the whole of Asia. And then what we decided is instead of where we're going to go next, and we thought, well, let's go on a bit of a family adventure. So we decided that we're going to go for a few years and live in, in Vietnam. So we're currently based in central Vietnam. So my, I've got two daughters. They are uh, six and eight years old. So we thought they're kind of a good age and mm-hmm. not getting too serious with the, the upper education just yet. So what we thought, do a bit of an adventure, but also allow me then to sort of start work on kind of one of my passions, which is all about helping uh, kids learn about money. And most of that started because of my own children. And I started to look at uh, their financial well-being in the future and saw that there wasn't that many resources available, mostly not many resources for the parents. So when I was talking to other friends and family about what they were doing, it didn't seem like there was too much. And, and most people were like, well, I'm so bad with money myself, I'm not quite sure what to do with my children. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd use kind of my sort of finance background to really sort of focus on helping parents teach their kids about money. And hence, I, I kind of set up my own company, which is, which is called Blue Tree. Uh, and it's called Blue Tree because when I first started um, putting some money away and I invest some money each month for my children, and I kind of wanted to tell them about it, but in kind of instead of sort of teaching them about or telling them about how much money they have in there, I kind of said, "Look, we're putting some money away, and that money is kind of growing." And so to show them it growing, I kind of showed them uh, a kind of blue tree growing, and then every time they put some money away, they saw more and more kind of blue trees growing. So <laughs> instead of saying, "How much money do I have?" they'll say, "Daddy, how many blue trees do I now have?" And then they can put some of their, their money. So it's kind of a nice visual way. And I, I, they seem to like that. And, and friends and family like that kind of concept. And hence, I kind of kind of ran with that uh, and now start writing different blogs. And I have workshops with companies and, and do an online course all focused on using those different types of analogies to, to really help parents. So that's the kind of background on uh, Blue Tree Savings. 
Yeah, awesome. And I, I know we're talking offline about how you target the parents, which is a really sort of different angle because I know a lot of resources, people do create resources specifically for kids, but it's quite hard to for kids to use those resources if they don't have people in their family and their community that they can actually talk to and learn from because for kids, money is much more about just one workshop at school. It's a, a lifelong journey and that and the teens are really important as well as those junior years. So I think it's really important important that approach and targeting parents as well. Um, So I know you talk a lot about helping parents, but why is it more important than ever that parents talk to their kids about money? Yeah, well, so I think the big one is because of what you're kind of seeing with adults today, like we in the developed world, money is like the leading cause of stress and anxiety. Mm. I think it's like over 50% people worry about money each week, Um, quite scary. And just seeing the kind of numbers of young adults kind of leaving university with huge amounts of debt. <laughs> so instead of like saying, right, I want to go to get a job and build my wealth, they're like, right, I'm going to spend the next 10 years sort of paying off some debts. And it's just due to this kind of lack of knowledge. And mm-hmm. my kind of view is if something doesn't change at the younger years, that kind of what's going to buck that trend and, and stop the next generation falling foul of those same kind of anxieties and, and pressures so that's why I think it's now more important than ever to, for sort of parents to be able to be really start proactive and talking to their children about money such that they go down a different path but the other part also which worries me quite a bit is this kind of whole cashless society so people now are just touching their cards or their watches or their phones to pay so children aren't really getting this tangible sight of what money is doing. And especially now it's all online. So now I've also, I hear lots of parents say, oh, my child has just spent this amount of money using like Fortnite or Roblox, all these games that they're doing, the in-game purchases. And I don't think they see it as real money. They just see it as like a token or mm. a, a bonus points or something like that. They're not really getting this concept of money. and hence why I think parents need to be really um, more proactive in uh, sort of teaching kids about money so that they, they kind of learn and, and integrate that into their lives. Mm. So, yeah, so that's the main reasons I, I feel it's so important now more than ever for, for parents to teach their kids about money. Mm. And it's, it's hard as well for parents these days because I learned about money, they learned about money growing up, putting the, the dollars, I don't know, probably for them, my parents' generation was like 20 cents, five cents away in the piggy bank. Um, and saving up that way and just sort of thinking about it. But now, like in Australia, we haven't used cash for months. <laughs> Pretty much everything's been cashless during COVID. And so money suddenly, uh, it's not a physical thing anymore. It's that virtual and kids are only seeing you tap and pay for things online or you're buying things online. Suddenly they turn up. And I think that's one of the hard things. And I don't know if you've got any suggestions on how parents can actually help their kids visualize money. I know you mentioned the tree when it's all cashless. Yeah. So I think it's yeah, it's just about level of being proactive. So when you're going to the shops, I think parents, instead of they just need to say, look, when I'm tapping this, <laughs> money is going from my account to, to this account. Yeah. And the other piece is to make sure children understand the value of money. So mm. the way in which we do it with our children is we give them a weekly pocket money. Yeah. And when we're going out to shops, every now and then we'll just say this, whatever we're buying, whether it's a donut or a toy or whatever it might be, we kind of say what that is in terms of their weekly pocket money. 
Mm-hmm. So they got some kind of reference about kind of the value of money and sort yeah. of how long it take them so if uh, there's a toy and they say oh, i really want that you'll say well that's like four weeks worth of pocket money and they get a good starting to understand okay i need mm. to wait that period of time and when they're older and again we'll go on to this bit um if they start earning money they'll get more of a sense of okay how much how long is it going to be to earn that that kind of piece and kind of when they can then associate sort of a number that they see on like a screen or in the shop they can have some way of of linking it to some kind of value of money, which is either just their pocket money, because unfortunately, yeah, they're not going to see notes and coins and, and be able to to mm. really go and experience that. But it, as I say, it takes the parents to a bit of energy because they need to proactively, yeah. sort of like consciously say, okay, let's let's teach them about this value of money um, more so than than in the past. Yeah, because I was just thinking about this morning when you're explaining money to kids, I'm just thinking all the work I do is on a computer. So I'm, I'm not actually physically going somewhere to do labor, which is kind of understandable maybe to a kid that you have to go off to work and do something. But now you're working on a computer, you're getting paid yeah. by the internet, the money disappears, things get paid for. So I think it's yeah having to strategically think about the way you explain things to your kids instead of just assuming they'll they'll pick up on all of this. Yeah, no, exactly. And to the point that you made, so yeah, with my children, I try and make it very visual in the way I talk about it. So even though they're not seeing, so yeah, we always say that money is like seeds and then they get to choose whether they, they spend those seeds and they give them away or if they plant them and then mm. planting them is saving them. Um, so they get that because they have those choices and then they can sort of visualize what they want to do with those kind of seeds and then mentally see something growing if they plant it yeah. uh, I think give a much stronger sense of kind of ownership or or different uses of that money because I think that's the that's the key piece for me is that when children very very young they'll see money uh, or understand it very high level uh, but they'll see it only for spending yeah and that's what people naturally do with money but unless someone i.e. the parents or guardians sort of tell them that there's other uses of money then they might not learn that until Mm. much older and in which case they might have already started to form very very strong kind of money habits or spending habits should i say so i know some young kids and you give them i don't say ten dollars they'll spend all of that so even if they uh the thing they really want is sort of eight dollars fifty they'll go and find a, a chocolate bar which is one <laughs> one dollar fifty and they'll, they'll make sure they spend every single cent of that and that's kind of getting ingrained into their their kind of mindset so the, the sort of younger that parents can start talking to their kids about different uses of money i.e saving and, and making that money grow before they start forming kind of really strong sort of money habits uh, spending mm-hmm. habits uh the better yeah, because it's amazing these habits that we get and when we're children, they stay with us for decades to come. And I've spoken to so many people and they're still struggling with maybe saving and the idea of investing because that's not something they ever grew up with. And it's really hard to change that mindset once you've gone a couple of decades with it. So when you when you talk to parents, what are some of the fundamental skills that you talk to them about that they need to get their kids on board with early on? Yeah, so two parts. So one is the Seeing money as seeds, I think that's just a nice, easy way and gets children learning the different uses. The other one is about pocket money and saying to parents, pretty much from the age of four years old, you should really, really give your children pocket money. 
because as we just talked about, it's generally the habits that people form that's going to determine their future financial health. <laughs> it's not so much how good they are with numbers or um, what kind of jobs they get. Clearly that helps generate money, but mm. it's all about looking after money. And so I know lots of people throughout my career who have earned so much money but are still struggling because mm. they have poor habits. And, and opposite to that, I know people who don't earn very much money but are completely fine because they, they've always saved. Yeah. So what I, I very much recommend is that give your children an allowance so they can start have the opportunity to start forming habits. So they get these, they get to make money decisions from a young age, and with that, make essentially the key bit is make sure they don't spend all that money. <laughs> it's very very simple, but just say to them, Look, "Here's your pocket money. Spend most of it if you want to. Just spend some of it if you would like, but just don't spend all of it." And then from that, they'll just keep doing every time they get a little bit of money, they'll just know not to spend it all. And that little bit will soon add up. And it might be that it's only uh, 20 cents <laughs> that they, they end up not spending. But it's not about the amount. And you might say, oh, what's the point in just saving that little amount? But it's all about the habit. It's mm. clearly when they start getting older and they get more and more money, that money will get bigger and bigger and it will just become what they do. And because if you boil down to pretty much all the financial stresses that people have, except for like the extreme emergencies, most of it is coming from people just spend all their money. Mm. <laughs> and that's they've just got into that habit, as, as you kind of mentioned. So the, the strongest piece is give children pocket money and make sure that they don't spend it all. And with that little bit that they don't spend, get that to teach them how to make that money grow over time, whether that's putting it into a bank account or even better, in my view, invest that money because then they get all their childhood to see that kind of money grow and, and the power of kind of compound interest. Mm. So, yeah, no, so that's the key one. Just make sure they don't give them pocket money and make sure they don't spend it all. And then that would just become such a powerful habit. Um, and then the other bit is to, with that pocket money, get your children, get the children to save up for something that they want. So really getting them to learn to delay, delay their gratification. It's such a, a powerful skill. And when we, especially as we're moving into this world where everyone can and wants everything straight away, <laughs> having children sort of saying, well, actually, I know I need to wait for that. It's just such a powerful bit. It's going to, when they're young, they'll make sure they don't waste money on toys that they see just there and then they'll have a bit of time to, to cool off, <laughs> which we know as adults is a, a powerful skill. But then mm -hmm. if they learn to do that when they're adults, then clearly the the chances of going into debt for reduce if if you can just say, well, instead of going into debt, I'll, I'll wait a few weeks, months and, and pie it in the future. Uh, it's just a great, great skill. Yeah, I think delayed gratification is so essential. And I it's really becoming present that a lot of people aren't able to delay their gratification at the moment with the, the rise of buy now, pay later services. And I'm seeing a lot of people my age get sucked in it's like some people it's been a great budgeting tool and it's really helped them and then other people are just getting stuck in that cycle because they once they get one thing they end up getting hooked and using it for other purchases so I think that's such an essential skill to teach kids at a young age because it sort of comes back to bite you if you don't have the ability to sit and wait but before buying something exactly no I actually did a, a blog on debt 
um, and trying to teach kids about debts because I remember my own experience was I didn't learn about debts until I kind of got into university and uh, they gave me a credit card and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world and it was kind of I got given a, an inflatable chair when I signed up and uh, then I got all this kind of free money <laughs> in my mind mm-hmm. so, yeah, I thought it was fantastic but then clearly when some of the interest started to come back I, I kind of learned my lesson um, and rectified that quickly and and kind of learned from it but I, I was never taught about that um, yeah. and the top dangers so it's the marketing powers of these companies can really suck you in and, and make you you feel like it's the greatest gift on earth um so yeah for my children i thought well i'm gonna i'm gonna teach them uh, about that so again i used the the kind of visualization so i say that when you're buying something you can either use your your seeds and buy it or you can essentially borrow money and what that does is the person you're buying from plants what i call a red seed <laughs> and that grows these dangerous red trees mm. so straight away they're getting this concept of okay if i don't if i do buy or use debt something's going to grow which i don't want it to grow <laughs> and so they're like oh, okay i don't really want to use debt because i don't want these mm. like dangerous trees which are going to grow really really fast relative to to my other savings so yeah even my sort of youngest daughter kind of gets that kind of concept so just that when they're older not that i want to scare them but it's more making sure that they're they're fully aware from a young age and using those kind of visualizations again. Mm. And I think a lot of parents don't want to talk to their kids about money because they want to insulate them and protect them from what's going on. So, I mean, a lot of people I talk to now, when they grew up, their parents never spoke to them about the debt they were in or paying off a credit card or paying off the mortgage. It's almost like we wanted to hide the debt and those sort of financial stuff from the kids. Do you think there's an age where it is appropriate for parents to sort of discuss things like paying off debt with their kids yeah no i i think so just in the the general topic about talking to kids um because one of the so money is a massive taboo subject across all people (laughs) but what that does is children pick up on when parents don't talk about money because they'll know about money but if their parents don't talk about it openly with them they'll start to get this sense of oh it's a bad topic like yeah probably know about swearing and they know that parents don't swear therefore swearing is bad and that's something and what that can do is it can have very negative those children could potentially be growing up with kind of a negative view on money and if you have negative view on money you're going to be very emotional about money and that can lead to kind of bad decisions because you might not seek help and you'll just go money's bad I don't want to manage it or spend any time mm-hmm. thinking about it when you're older so even if parents are bad with money or don't like money themselves, I strongly encourage that they, they talk to their kids about money from a very, very young age and try and be as positive as possible. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, no, from in the kind of, well, so I talk to my kids and they're, well, my oldest mostly who's about eight, but I'd probably say early, uh, sort of like 12-ish onwards, then I think that's the age where children should really get uh a basic understanding about some key money topics whether that's debt um, and whether that's tax whether that's about savings and pensions just so they go into to adulthood with their their eyes wide open mm. um, and being more objective around uh, these subjects because again as, as soon as you become an adult and it becomes real life <laughs> you get very you can get very emotional 
And I suppose the, the key example of that is the stock market. If you've never been taught about the stock market, you become an adult and then you, you, you just see the headlines on the news and see people losing all this money. And they're like, oh, I don't want to be in, I don't want to feel those emotions. Mm. But then clearly what we do know about investing is if you ignore the short term and take a long term view on that and, and kind of invest in a kind of very boring way, it has huge, huge benefits over the long term. And I think that's something if children learn from a young age, then when they do become adults, they'll be a lot more objective around the headlines and et cetera, and be in such a more powerful position than, than most adults today. Mm, absolutely. Now, something else I wanted to talk to you about after reading one of your blog posts was how to teach kids the difference between being rich and being wealthy. And I know Instagram and social media are a massive contributor to um, this distortion where you see people living this very lavish life and ki- young kids are signing up to all these sites. So they're seeing this and they're not realizing that a lot of these houses are rented, the cars are massive piles of debt that just sort of went in out, went down in value as soon as they got driven out of the store. People are renting jewelry and handbags. And I think it, it can be really distorting because they think that's success and that's been, that's, that person's made it. So how do you how do you explain to kids who want the latest thing and want to be cool what the difference is long term? Yeah, no, I think it's because yeah, again, this is one of my real life experiences. Like when I was younger, I was as I mentioned in that actual blog. When I was younger, I wanted to be rich. I watched these programs and seeing these big mansions and the cars, and I, I was even drawing pictures of my own mansion that I was going to live in when I was growing up. But then, yeah, it just it started to unravel when you see the, the real life stories of these people who have the, all this stuff, but don't actually have any money. <laughs> and the quote that I really like is, spending a million dollars is literally the opposite of being a millionaire, because <laughs> you have no money left. And so what I did with uh, my kids is I kind of went through a little story and sort of gave them two characters so I had the sort of typical what like the Instagram kind of person, I called him Rich Raccoon. And Rich Raccoon has loads, he has a really good job. He's like a, a really high-powered, like an architect, uh, good salary, had massive house. He had like two free cars and he um, went on nice holidays with family and friends. And so one day he was going to go and meet up with his, his old school friend, uh, Wealthy Wallaby, and he was going to take him for lunch. And it was all like, oh, Wealthy Wallaby doesn't earn as much as I do. So I'm going to go for a fancy restaurant. I'm going to pay for it all. And because, yeah, Wealthy Wallaby had an okay job, lived in the same house for like 15 years, had a nice-ish car, but nothing special, and kind of didn't go on the the best holidays in the mind of uh, Rich Raccoon. And so then what happened is they went for lunch, and it was all very, very nice. And then Wealthy Wallaby essentially just said, so I'm, I'm actually going to retire. I'm, I know I'm very young, but I'm, I've decided I want to spend more time with my young family. And Rich Raccoon was like, no, how can you do this? This is not fair. I earn so much more than you. I have so much more than you. How can you afford to do that? And I can't. And then essentially, Wealthy Wallaby was like, well, going through, well, instead of spending all of that money like you have, I've actually paid off all of my everything that I owe everyone and I've been able to save a little bit of money. And now all of my my savings actually grow each year to cover my my expenses. So that means I don't have to work and yet I can cover, live my life um, as I do today and spend so much more time with my kids. 
And the kind of whole purpose of the story is to try and say, well, give a, give an opposite view to just mm-hmm. the rich raccoon thing, that we need to introduce this wealthy wallaby character into our kids' minds to say, look, it, which one was these two characters do you want to be? This one that has to keep working. He can't retire and spend more time with family and friends because he's given off this facade of, of having stuff is great, whereas wealthy wallaby is just kind of been a bit more sensible secretly in the background been becoming essentially better off financially than his friend and that's kind of really stuck in their minds and it kind of just gives them that alternative view of the world and money and making sure that actually it's better to have money working for you rather than just spending all your money and it's all just introducing that whole concept to children at a very young age about this keeping up with the joneses kind of mentality uh, and as I say to, to my children, and they, even at their young age, they'll start saying, oh, friends have got this and other friends have got that. Why do we not have that? Mm. We're saying, well, we could have those bits, but then uh, we wouldn't have as what's what I call a blue tree forest, which is our savings. We, they wouldn't be as big. Mm. I'd rather have our savings and what we have rather than having lots of other stuff and no savings. And because we can't compare ourselves to, to others because we don't know how much savings others have got, then there's kind of no point in comparing. <laughs> mm. And it's trying to make sure that they see that full picture. And so in terms of wealth, in my view, it's having savings that can generate money over the long term and mean that you don't have you have different sources of income, whereas rich is just having money to spend now. Um, and once you spent it, you're rich no more, whereas wealthy you'll be wealthy over time Mm, i think storytelling is quite a good way to deal with this issue with your kids because whilst what we can't see and people aren't posting about all of that stuff online because most of them are just sort of working away in the background living their lives they're not trying to compete or keep up with anything so i think yeah storytelling is quite a good way um and i'll definitely link to that post as well so people can investigate that a bit further Wonderful. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about, um, are parents actually benefiting from teaching their kids about money? And if a parent wants to start teaching their kids about like that next level, once they've covered saving and building some of those basic habits, they want to teach their kids about the wider world of finance, but they don't know that much themselves. Where's the best place for them to start? Yeah. So yes, the question to start are parents benefiting uh, from teaching their kids, then then yes, I, f- I found that actually it's a good catalyst for parents to start looking at their own money because what happens is um, most adults will kind of not think about money themselves. Clearly your audience will do, <laughs> hence the, they're listening in. But most adults are so kind of caught up in the, the here and the now that they can't see their future or think about their future. Whereas most parents will always be thinking about their children's future and want that to be as, as good as possible. So what's happening is that parents are, are kind of trying using Blue Tree to sort of learn about money to help their children. And then there's two bits. One is they're learning some stuff themselves because they were never taught. Uh, but the second bit is teaching your children means that you're as a parent, you get held accountable because <laughs> you want to be a good role model. Mm. It's a bit like at, uh, at my kids' school, they're learning about the environment and plastic usage. And, and now if I ever use a straw, my kids will just jump on me and <laughs> tell me off and, and really hold me accountable. And the yeah. same thing with money. 
So if, if the kids are more knowledgeable and then if they see you spending or worrying about money, they'll be like, well, you, why aren't you doing kind of what you say that we should be doing? Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of knock-on impacts there. But also because, as we spoke before this, that actually teaching, looking for ways to teach your kids means that you parent adults go back to the sort of foundations of money because <laughs> that's what they need to teach their mm-hmm. kids. And sometimes when you're an adult, you don't know where to start in for yourself <laughs> in terms of what should I do about my money. So mm-hmm. actually teaching kids about it gives you a really good way of kind of resetting all right let's go back to basics let's talk about savings uh, or not spending all the money and kind of building up from there and then in terms of of resources so then yeah so there's, there's not that many for parents wanting to teach their kids or learn about themselves and hence why i started blue tree but there are some really really good books for both uh, parents so there's the famous book of rich dad poor dad which i thought just talks about money in a completely different way for talks about assets versus liabilities um, and getting people to understand what are they actually spending their money on is it doing them is it going to help them become rich or is it going to help them become poor over time so i think that's a really good book and the other one is the the richest man in babylon it's just if you've ever read it, it it's just got so many little stories in there that are just so basic and just told in a very, very easy way in a storytelling manner. So I just find that I give that I, for adults who want to learn about money, I'm always just like, yeah, that's the book to read and, and make sure you don't just read it, but with all finance books, take some action based on it. So, and a lot of what I've been writing about and put into my courses is kind of adapting some of those key lessons and, and kind of put it into a framework to help parents teach their kids about money Mm, absolutely and i know in australia we've got the very popular barefoot investor but the family edition which is um scott pape's guides uh, guide for parents teaching their kids about money which is uh i probably think that's the main resource that we have that's specifically australian i guess apart from the government's money smart website but um yeah some of those personal finance books like you mentioned are universal really some of those basic concepts um and ideas they're not really to do with what currency it's in. It's those habits and, exactly. yeah, the mindset as well. 100%. Now, before we finish off, I'll just put you on the spot here and go, what's your number one tip for parents wanting to teach their kids about money before we finish up? So give pocket money and make sure they don't spend it all. I think that's just the most powerful thing that you can do. It's Even if children don't learn any other topics about money, if they learn not to spend all their money, they're going to just be in a much more better position than, than so many adults uh, today who just spend all their money before, without realising it. Wonderful. Well, if people want to learn a bit more about you, Will, and Blue Tree, where should they go? Yeah, so I've got a website, which is uh, bluetreesavings.com. And on there, it's got links to uh, all my blogs. If parents want to do a kind of short, quick, there's an online course as well. Um, and yeah, do some stuff for companies. But I've also got some resources, so links to books and games uh, that help you teach kids about money. So yeah, no, check out uh, bluetreesavings.com. Wonderful. And I'll include that in the show notes as well because I, I did find there was quite a few amazing free resources. So I think people will definitely like checking that out. 
Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing some of your thoughts and wisdom about teaching kids about money. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. Wonderful. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How To Money podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.